This is Africa Science Focus, your favorite weekly show dedicated to African science and scientists. I'm Halima Athmani, and this week we're taking you through the highs and lows of the incredible insect world. Our reporter Michael Kaloki catches up with the plant scientist and entomologist Esther Ngumbi. Yes, uh, we do uh, study insects, bugs, and we study the good the bad and the ugly as well. I know many of you may have encountered insects. You may encounter them eating your food crops. You may encounter a beautiful butterfly that then you just stop and appreciate its beauty. So I do uh, study uh, insects and most importantly, I do study the insect pests, the ones that are problematic, the ones that are cause almost over 50% of food losses in the developing countries, including uh, Kenya, where I was born. And yeah, so that's what we do. While Dr. Ngumbi says that all bugs are fascinating to watch, she does have some favorite insects. The first caterpillar that's a, a favorite one, and it's a favorite because I've studied it. It's uh, the beet armyworm and the other one is the fall armyworm. Of course, you're hearing my favorites being insects that are pests. But I consider them my favorite because at the end, I'm working towards understanding them so that we can be able to control them. Of course, I do appreciate the butterflies. I do appreciate uh, the many uh, wonderful uh, moths. Also, the parasitic wasps, uh, the parasitoids. So, yes, I do have many insect favorites. I would encourage you to, uh, if you've never appreciated insects, to take a moment and appreciate them. Dr. Ngumbi investigates the relationships between microbes, plants, and insects to find out how to increase the amount of food that crops produce and to improve food security. To Dr. Ngumbi, edible insects are a game changer in the rest to beat hunger and malnutrition. Early last year, Africa Science Focus went to see how insects are being farmed in Uganda. As we, we kept the pigs, we had plenty of dung, so we started playing with it, uh, just playing with it, like, okay, fine, how can we make the cost of production for pigs reduce? So you just leave the pig dung out for about eight, six to eight hours, and then flies come lay eggs on them, basically playing with the life cycle of a house fly. So Flies come lay eggs on them. We play with the califola, we play with the black soldier fly, and we play with the earthworms. So all you need is to first of all get the phobia out of yourself, especially people who think maggots are dirty. But they're beautiful animals, and it's the real way to go at the moment. And if everyone can have them to their disposal, they can grow them. So we are teaching people how to make the maggots. Dr. Gumbi tells us more about how insects could become a regular part of our diets, especially in Africa's growing urban areas. First and foremost, we all know that unlike growing plants that are dependent on having land and fertile land, when you think about insects, yes, you can raise them on spaces, on limited spaces. Secondly, Science has shown that the rich sources of protein 
in other micronutrients, including iron, they are very, very nutrient-rich, especially proteins. And so unlike uh, livestock, where you have to have pasture land and have green grass to feed the kettles, so you can also raise insects and they can give you the same amount of protein. Talk about climate change. We know climate change has brought about several extremities from uh, droughts and many other uh, weather changes which affect our food supply, our ability to grow crops. On the other hand, if we use insects, then we are no longer dependent on rains. We are no longer dependent on climate. We, are, we then are able to also sustainably feed ourselves and not get uh, impacted by climate change. Also, they're not a source of uh, greenhouse gas emissions as well. You only need a small space and you can start raising. They're easy to raise and you can have many generations in a, a year or even in a month. So everything is all good about eating uh, insects and using insects as a source of food to uh, eradicate hunger. Esther, at the moment, eating insects would be a strange concept for many communities in sub-Saharan Africa. Do you have a strategy to encourage people to accept insects as part of their diet? So that's, that's a good question. And I actually want to say eating insects is not a strange concept. When you go back into the literature and dig down into the records, we know that history is clear, actually. Human beings have been eating insects for over many years, and including in the African continent, for example. Uh, we have the eating of Mopane worm in South Africa, Angola, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, and this has been a, a long tradition. So eating insects is not a new concept. And I can imagine, so, so I think, oh, grabbing a grasshopper and putting it into your mouth. Whoa. Okay, if you are afraid of uh, directly eating insects, so there are many ways we can convert insects into flour, for example. We can mill them and then incorporate that into our diets. For example, I'm a Kenyan uh, and we eat ugali. So think of it, uh, harvest your grasshoppers and grind them or mill them into a powder. And then you can incorporate that into your ugali. There you go. You already have been able to uh, sufficiently get your nutrient or protein nutrient source for the day. Esther, just to mention there, um, you had said ugali. Just to explain, ugali is considered a staple food here in Kenya. And um, it is similar to perhaps uh, what I would explain to as uh, Italian polenta. So basically uh, maize flour that is uh, put in boiling water and it turns into a sort of like, a, 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 you know, a sort of pulp, if I could describe it that way. It's also known as sima in Tanzania and in sima in uh, Southern Africa. So there are many, many creative and innovative ways of packaging insects so that we are able to get over that concept of eating a grasshopper, eating a caterpillar, eating a cricket. <laughs> and so, yeah, so there are many ways. And I, I'm, I'm grateful because uh, science and through collaborations between scientists, chefs, 
and many other people in the culinary world, we are finding creative ways to package insects. Think of baking, for example. Think of your wonderful muffin in the morning, your cookie, your, your maamri, whatever uh, delicacy or food you enjoy during the day, you can incorporate uh, insects into that. And people even won't see it. And so that what you can't see yet is healthy for you, then I think uh, we can be able to get to many people and convince people to uh, incorporate insects as part of their diets. Now just to ask Esther, do you have a favorite recipe for eating insects? My favorite is when they are uh, fried, crispy, they are crunchy, and of course they're really delicious. So yeah, I, I think I've eaten a steer fried uh, crickets that were combined with uh, bell peppers, with onions, and it was yum. Of course, I've also been to South Africa and I actually really enjoyed just uh, the serving of the mapane worm with, again, sima, I believe, or gali, or however they call it in South Africa. And of course, I have also enjoyed steer fried mealworms as again, they're crunchy, they're yum, and they're interesting. So I have many favorite insects recipes that I've tried and loved. I keep an open mind and I keep trying them as they are shared out there. Open minds could be the key to healthier and happier communities as more people around the world start to see the benefits of putting insects on the menu. And if you'd like to learn more about ways to cook with insects, we'll tell you where. You can find some recipes at the end of the show. Dr. Ngumbin's work isn't limited to insects. She and her colleagues are working to promote healthy eating by encouraging people in the cities to grow some of their own food. Esther, you believe that better urban agriculture can help in combating unhealthy eating habits. However, many people living in cities in sub-Saharan Africa do not have a lot of space around where they live and may question how they would be able to practice agriculture in such areas. Do you have a strategy in mind for such situations. That's the very essence of urban farming, using small spaces and making the most out of these small spaces. It could be a window space. It could be just that uh, small space when you walk out of your door. It could be that the balcony space, for example. When we say that people don't have a space, I think our houses have several spaces that we can use to grow food. There are many ways to uh, grow food, to practice urban farming. It could be just think of that empty jerrycan, for example, that empty just container. You can also pack those containers in a wall and uh, use the uh, wall space to stack them. And there you have, you have food. So I think there's a lot of space that people can imagine. One of the best ways to beat hunger and poverty, Dr. Ngumbi tells Michael, is to make sure that all children have access to education. You grew up in a rural community in Kenya, Esther, and you were one of the first women from your area to achieve a doctorate. Do you feel there are now more educational opportunities for women who live in rural parts of Kenya as well as in other rural areas 
of Sub-Saharan Africa? I believe in part no, in part yes. And no, because uh, still not so much has changed in and around Kenya. And if you just take a, a road trip across uh, many rural communities, still access to good schools, access to 21st century schools is not available. And then more so now with the pandemic, with the beginning of virtual learning, we know that that has really uh, taken us many steps behind. And when you think about the rural communities, they don't have access to the internet. And I know that the government is trying hard to uh, bring infrastructure, to bring electricity. There still are a lot of challenges in the rural communities. And that's why I continue to be invested in uh, ensuring that there are many opportunities for uh, rural girls, rural children. Because you know what? Opportunity or talent is global. Talent is everywhere. Opportunity is not. I want to make sure that the, those rural children have access to facilities, to education, and because our education is the gateway against uh, poverty, it is uh, the doorway to many opportunities. Circling in with mentoring, the few people that are entomologists like me, we have a role to play in pulling uh, the future entomologists, networking with them, and using our networks to ensure that they also have opportunities allowing them to grow, allowing them to continue see the many opportunities that come along with being an entomologist. Thank you. To find out more about Esther Ngumbi's work and for links to some exciting ways to cook with insects, head to the SciDevNet website. That's www.scidev.net. And you can catch up on all Africa Science Focus episodes on your favorite podcast app. Today's program was produced by Harrison Lewis and edited by Fiona Broom with reporting from Michael Kaloki. Africa Science Focus is produced by SideofNet and distributed in association with your local radio session. I'm Halima Athmani. See you again next week. This program was funded by the Carnegie Corporation of New York.